What's up everyone and welcome back to another episode of I'm Mostly Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I also want to say thank you for um, letting me take another week off. Uh, If you noticed, I didn't post an episode last Tuesday. Um, I'm putting together quite a few plans for the next couple weeks of episodes. Um, Some of them are taking, you know, more research. So it's going to be a little bit of a project to put them together, but I'm really excited about them and I hope that you are anxious to listen. Um, This week, we're going to talk about something that, again, is relevant in my life right now, um, but has also been really relevant in the past. And I think that it's important that I just put some information out there um, as hopefully a resource for some other young women uh, when it comes to our health. And today we're going to be talking about how to, ladies specifically, how to advocate for your health. Um, We could be talking about physical health here. We could be talking about mental health. Um, These tips are pretty, you know, general in that sense. So use them however you need to. Um, I also recognize that I do have male listeners and I'm not trying to exclude you from this topic. If any of these would be helpful to you as well, like please go forward and use them. Um, but I'm a girl, (laughs) so this is my perspective and things that I have found to be helpful or recommendations that I have, you know, tried or used in the past and they were successful. So that's why I want to share them with you today. Um, and we're just going to jump right into it. So the very first tip or suggestion or whatever Um, is if you want a female doctor, ask for one. And this, this is a little bit touchy because since I have recently, recently applied for my own insurance and I'm now on a separate insurance plan for my parents, which is a big, you know, adult move for me, pretty exciting. Um, but also a total just pain in the ass, like unbelievably difficult, hard to communicate with, um, confusing. So that was a big leap, but I do understand that depending on what type of insurance you have, if you don't have insurance at all, sometimes when it comes to doctor's visits, like you have to take what you get. And that is an unfortunate side effect of our healthcare system. And I feel deeply for anybody that's in that position that is maybe stuck with a primary care provider or physician that doesn't make them feel comfortable, doesn't make them feel, you know, heard or appreciated, um, or isn't taking the time to get to know them. I'm so, so sorry if you are in that position, the only thing that I can suggest is um, if you're on any type of you know state insurance, basically your insurance plan has a health network that it is a part of or oversees. I don't really understand the relationship. Um, and typically there are 
you know, multiple medical groups, multiple clinics, or even just multiple um, physicians within that health network. So if you can get on the phone with your insurance and your uh, healthcare network provider, um, they might be able to point you in the right direction of getting a new doctor if you need one. And if it's not necessarily about it being a female doctor, if you're a female or male, if you're a male, if you just need someone who's going to take you a little bit more seriously when you approach them with concerns, that's definitely a reason to change as well. I think like my primary care doctor right now is in Yorba Linda and were there doctors that were you know, closer to my home, that would be a more convenient drive. Uh, yeah, but after doing my research online, I didn't feel like their specialties or um, their experience or their overall ratings were going to give me the best care that I could get. And so that's why I went out, you know, further. Uh, fortunately, you know, virtual visits are a thing right now because of COVID. Um, and I'm actually hoping that they continue that practice. It's so much nicer to not have to drive far to an office, not have to sit in a waiting room for X amount of hours waiting for your appointment. Um, the virtual visit you can do, you know, obviously everything from home. So that's really nice. And I hope they continue that, but that's just something to think about if you're struggling to establish a positive relationship with your primary care provider. Um, and if they're not going to give you the resources you need, you can find any like state insurance numbers, healthcare network numbers online. So, you know, please be an advocate for yourself and switch doctors if you need to find someone who's going to take you seriously. Um, the next suggestion or tip that I have is, this is something that my mom told me to do. <laughs> I know she comes up in like every episode, but um, so as I mentioned a couple episodes ago when we were talking about body image issues, um, I've been dealing with a lot of weight fluctuation and it was extreme enough that I felt like I needed to pull a doctor into it beyond just, you know, changing my diet, changing my activity levels, whatever. Um, and this is something that's run in my family. Um, so before the appointment, you know, I was trying to figure out how do I get this doctor who I hadn't met before. I, you know, I just got my new insurance. I'm getting a new doctor that I've never talked to. We're going to meet virtually. I was thinking like, how do I get this person to actually listen to what I'm saying, to not kind of blow me off and say like, oh yeah, that's, you know, you gained a lot of weight, but I think you should just, you know, track your calories better, or you should be extra exercising this amount, or how much water are you drinking? Because those were all things that you know, I was taking care of prior to this visit. And those were all things that I've been conscious of for, from even before, you know, the weight gain got pretty extreme. So I, you know, I was using the food tracker app. I've always been a more active person, you know, since high school, it's different. I'm not playing, you know, two or three sports in a year and practicing for 
two hours, five days a week, and then two hours on the weekends. Like I'm not at that level of activity, but I was, you know, I get my 10,000 steps in a day. Ronnie and I were hitting the gym, you know, three, four times a week. Like we, we were making better food choices. The, the weight didn't make sense. And so I needed a way to make sure that the doctor wasn't just going to brush that off and be like, try these things, try this diet or whatever, and then come back in a couple months and we'll see if there's something else wrong. That was just unacceptable to me and I didn't want that. So um, my mom recommended, you know, start like a food diary so that you can immediately approach the doctor and be like, this is how many calories and the types of food I've been eating for, you know, the past two, three months. Um, keep an activity log of how much exercise you've been getting. Um, do a specific timeline. Like I, you know, I was taking progress pictures of my weight. Um, so I had dates on those photos of when I started to notice that I was gaining more. I was weighing myself more frequently so I could see, um, you know, day-to-day -day changes and overall trends. Um, so the, kind of the overall goal was to be really specific about symptoms that I was experiencing, um, the timeline of when I was noticing those symptoms and kind of how that matched up with my diet and exercise changes, being really specific about what I was eating and what I was doing. And fortunately, because of technology now, like I... Um, I mentioned to you guys before I was using the Noom app for food tracking and then I have an Apple watch. So I didn't have to kind of think back and write down all of this stuff. My, my phone and my Apple watch had my activity and diet from the last three months saved already. Um, but I did end up writing down kind of a summary of them that, you know, day to day I was eating between... 12 and 1400 calories. I was burning, you know, 400 to a thousand calories in workouts, depending on what I did that day. I was taking my 10,000 steps. I, I had all of this laid out for the appointment because I was not about to let the doctor tell me that my lifestyle choices were what was causing me to gain this much weight and to make me this tired and make my mood so unpredictable. I was like, there's no way there's something else. So I highly recommend if you are going to the doctor for that type of issue, if it's, if you're worried that there's a hormonal issue or, um, you're feeling really sluggish, if you're struggling with eating certain foods, um, weight gain, extreme weight loss, like, be extremely specific, have it written out in front of you beforehand about your symptoms, about timelines, about diet, exercise, whatever else. Because number one, the doctor is going to ask you about that. And if you're unclear, they're going to think like that's, you know, kind of check in their box. Like, oh, they don't know what they're eating or they don't know how well they've been exercising. So that's what I'm going to, you know, look at and try to fix first. And also it, you know, shows the doctor that there's no reason to continue to focus on that because you have been. So just keep that in consideration if you're, you know, having health concerns like that.
Um, the next one is pretty obvious. I think anytime you just Google like patient advocacy, it's going to be asking questions. Um, and this kind of goes back to the first thing I said, if you're with a doctor that doesn't make you feel comfortable, it can be really intimidating and scary to ask questions. Um, so that first step is making sure you're with someone who is at the very least, you know, appreciating your situation and making you feel heard. Um, but asking questions is huge. Sometimes for my last appointment, I had a couple questions pre-written out um, just as kind of an expectation of what she was going to say. And then, you know, as we went through the appointment, um, I had a couple more. I wrote them down and asked them at the end. And that was just to make sure that I was clear on what she thought was going on, clear on what her directions for me were, um, and also clear on what are we going to do if this doesn't work. So always, always ask questions. Um, and I would say to, I'm going to skip ahead a couple, do these a little bit out of order. I'll touch on it again later. Um, second opinions, if you need to see another doctor, this is another good thing. If you have questions that went unanswered with your first doctor, then save them so that you can ask somebody else. Um, or I've also found now you have to be a little bit careful with this because the internet can be both a blessing and a curse when it comes to your health. Um, but I have found some, you know, there's health forums online and kind of female health chat sites, um, that I found to be really helpful. So you can save your questions for then you can ask them online again, anything that comes from the internet, kind of take it with a grain of salt and, you know, try to cross reference, cross reference and research as much as you can. Um, but I have found that to be a really good place if you need, you know, an answer right away, or if you just want to hear if other people are dealing with the same thing that you are. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely recommend that as well. Um, next is very similar to the second one I talked about when you're being specific about your symptoms, timelines, etc. Um, but that's just maintain personal records. Um, if you are someone who moves a lot, which, you know, I did before, you're going to see lots of different doctors. And usually if there's anything major in your health record, they'll be able to access that and reference it. Um, but sometimes they can't, or sometimes it's wrong or inaccurate. So as much as you can maintain personal records about, okay, I saw this doctor, um, on this date and this is what we discussed and this is what he recommended and did that treatment work for me? Um, it could just be a little note on your phone. It doesn't have to be this, you know, crazy, huge detailed notebook of whatever. Um, but just so you have a reference, especially if you're dealing with one issue over a long period of time, um, I'll provide another little anecdote here. I think almost everyone who knows me <laughs> knows that like two, 
two and a half, maybe almost three years ago now. Gosh, it's been a long time. Um, I had a like intense bout of kidney stones and it started off at the end of my freshman year as just kind of random back pain that I thought was triggered by um, weightlifting. I would kind of notice that when I went to the gym afterwards, I would be really just kind of sore. It felt like a muscle spasm in my lower back. Um, so that kind of changed my activity. I started going much lighter in the gym to even not working out at all. And then it just kind of progressed to really intense back pain um, after just walking. And I went to, I don't know how many different specialists. I saw a physical therapist. I'm pretty sure I saw an orthopedic surgeon. I saw a pain specialist. Um, and initially they couldn't, nobody was accurately diagnosing me. I was told it was because I had a minute fracture in my spine. I was told it was a muscular issue. I was told it was because, um, of like posture and knee issues that was traveling up my back. Like nobody could give me an accurate diagnosis. So I was given a whole bunch of different treatments that weren't working. I was in pretty intense and constant pain that it was, you know, affecting my everyday life for almost a year until I finally, um, I think it was the first time I was passing a stone that the pain got so bad. I went to the emergency room and they were like, Oh, she has kidney stones. And you know, I passed a couple, I had, um, a lithotripsy procedure to remove the rest. And I can't tell you how frustrating it was to see, you know, this handful of doctors and try to explain to them, like, this is my pain. This is where it is. This is what it feels like. It's been going on for this long. And it is not just, it's, it's more than just my back hurts. I mean, it would, you know, put me out of walking or doing activities for hours at a time. And I felt very often like the doctors just weren't taking me seriously and they weren't listening to me or even to each other. And I don't mean that they, you know, they met and they were talking about it. I mean, when I tried to tell them like, oh, this is what the pain specialist said, or this is what the physical therapist said, it felt like they were just kind of, you know, brushing that aside and not taking it seriously. And that's why I wish that I had been, you know, more diligent about keeping a personal record and a timeline of, you know, when the pain started, how far it progressed, what was agitating it, um, what this treatment did, did it help me? Did it not? Because maybe just maybe, um, you know, it would have been taken a little bit more seriously. Um, I think I could do an entire separate episode on, cause I will say every single doctor that I saw before my urologist, uh, for the kidney stones after they were diagnosed was male. I, I just, you know, got to point that out. Um, I think I could do a separate episode on how to approach talking to male doctors about female pain, um, because that's a whole, you know, different topic by itself. Um, and that would be kind of interesting to share not only my stories, but maybe get some stories from some of the listeners, from my family, 
because the list goes on and on about how many times a male doctor has brushed off, you know, female pain. Um, but we'll save that for, for another episode. The next tip is not even a tip. It's like, it's more than a recommendation. You just need to do it. Uh, see a gynecologist. I was terrified of going to the gynecologist. Um, I, my mom was like, you know, you're starting birth control. You're going to be in college. You need to go and do this. That was my first time going. I was terrified. I was like, this is not something that feels comfortable to me. I don't think I'm going to like it. Um, I, I hated honestly, every second of the appointment, it wasn't because of my doctor. My doctor at the time was incredibly nice. She, you know, talked me through the whole thing. She did it very quickly and she was great, but it's just one of those things, you know, where I, I hated it. <laughs> I didn't like it, but it's super important that you go see this doctor. You know, there are so many different health issues that can start there um, within kind of like the female reproductive system with our hormones that seeing that doctor and making sure if you're going to be on birth control, you're on what's right for you. Um, preventative treatment is huge with the gynecologist. Like I know that it can be scary, but it's imperative that, you know, you see one regularly. So just, just do it. <laughs> Um, the next one, again, I talked about it a little bit before, but request second opinions. And again, when you're in maybe a certain insurance plan, or if you don't have insurance, this can be super difficult. Um, and I know, especially with COVID right now, there is some confusion or uncertainty about if medical groups or doctors are taking new patients, um, so that can be hard as well. Um, that was a whole conversation I had to have with my insurance company about if I could even see the doctor that I found and liked. Um, so that's going to take some research and it's going to take some long, boring, painful phone calls with multiple insurance companies, agencies, whatever, healthcare networks, different providers, um, just to ensure that you know a certain office can take new patients. I will say though that with these virtual appointments, they are kind of allowing general visits um, in which like they don't have to be your PCP to complete that first initial visit. So you can have your regular doctor and maybe if you disagree or are concerned about their diagnosis or treatment plan, um, or you feel like they just, you know, they weren't taking you seriously. And so you want to make sure that they're putting you on the right path. Um, I think you can schedule general visits virtually with other medical groups. And then you don't even have to go through the whole painful, like, can I, you know, see this person long-term, whatever. Uh, just do that general visit and be like, this is what I wanted to talk about. And see if they give you a similar or the same recommendation. Um, so if you're in that position, like, please, if you can talk to somebody else. And then the very last one, which again, I mentioned earlier, um, using female health forums and online groups and communities, 
has been really helpful to me um, as I've been going through kind of the the weight gain and the mood swings and kind of the um, symptoms of anxiety. I I felt crazy. I mean, let's be honest. You feel like when one thing goes wrong, everything goes wrong. And then you're kind of this anomaly of just why isn't my body working the way that it's supposed to? And it can feel really lonely. Um, so kind of going online before I could see a doctor was a way to be like, are these symptoms not normal? Because, you know, when you're feeling that unlike yourself, it's not normal. But it doesn't mean that you're the only person that's ever experienced them. Um, so I'll share a couple that... I actually used in the last couple months. Um, I used Talk Health Partnership. Um, so they have multiple health forums depending on what kind of topic you want to discuss. Um, I also used the Women's Health Forum and Discussions page from Imaginus. Again, it's kind of a way to just like, you know, post questions or concerns and other women can... Um, comment and be like, I've had this too. This is what my doctor did. Or have you tried this before? It's not professional medical advice. So don't take it at that. It's just a community of women kind of talking each other through their own personal health experiences. Um, so, you know, please, like I said before, take what you read with a grain of salt, do your research. Definitely don't start a treatment without talking to or consulting with a medical health professional. Um, but allow yourself to be welcomed into this community of women who are dealing with the same health issues you are and allow yourself to be comforted that you're not alone and maybe see what worked for them. Take notes so that you could mention those to your doctor and be like, is this something that could be beneficial for me? Do you think? Um, and I know there's always kind of that criticism or joke about those patients that over-research and come into the doctors and they know what they're doing more than the doctor and the, it gets so annoying and it's like, you know, I, I'm not saying to be that person, but I also think that especially right now when, um, doctors, clinics or offices are so understaffed or overrun that they don't have, you know, they can't sit you sit with you for an hour and talk about what's going on. It's like you have this 20 minute slot to tell me what's wrong and I'm going to get you through as fast as I can. You know, if your doctor can't be an advocate for you, then it's important you do it for yourself. So I'm not saying to go in there and contradict and disagree with everything they say. I'm saying to be prepared as an individual and do good research and try to get them to listen for just a few minutes and explain to them why this is serious and why it's important to you. Um, so hopefully you guys, you know, appreciate and are able to use some of these tips and suggestions if you don't already. If you have more things that have worked for you in being an advocate for your own health, please, please send them my way. Um, I'd love to, to have more. Um, I also plan on keeping you guys updated on kind of my health journey 
as much as possible in a way that is still, you know, comfortable for me. It's personal stuff that we're, we're sharing here, but that's kind of what I'm here to do is to just put it out there so that if you can relate, you know, you're not alone. Um, anyways, yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. We have another really exciting episode coming next week. Uh, we have our very first guest. I don't want to give anything away. We're going to save it. Um, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you and I will talk to you next week. Happy Tuesday. Oh, 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 oh,